So I'd like um, to continue with the unfolding of instructions, uh, suggestions for your practice, and with that same reminder that we had from Nathan yesterday morning of um, you may already have enough to be uh, working with, either um, because something is quite fruitful um, or uh, in wishing to just keep things relatively simple. Yeah? Simplicity is, is a very important aspect of our practice. Uh, if that's the case, then just uh, you can enjoy listening to the unfolding of the, of the instructions and um, just uh, know that you can come back to them at any point in your practice life. Yeah? Everything is uh, being recorded um, and will be available. Um, very, very soon after the retreat. So the instructions today follow on from, um, from the talk uh, yesterday. And I mentioned um, yesterday that when we start to look at our experience yeah, in uh, more detail, yeah, with more clarity, um, we can start to see that Dukkha yeah, co-arises with a few other things. It kind of gets built up, it gets constructed together with um, a few other uh, building blocks that uh, we can name. Yeah, one is uh, craving, yeah, or tanha, demand, as we've been speaking of it. Uh, another is the, the self-sense becoming more prominent, yeah, perhaps more dense. Um, and the third is contraction. And really helpful to see these are mutually dependent. Yeah? They're mutually dependent. When one is there, the others are there. Yeah? As one gets stronger, the others get stronger. Yeah? So they're mutually dependent. They arise together or co-arise. Um, and the degree of uh, intensity of one is also the degree of d- intensity in the others. And maybe just to say, um, I will probably be using uh, for tanha, <laughs> or craving or demanding, I'll be using these words interchangeably. So hopefully we've said them enough that I won't say all three every time I speak of them. Also push-pull is another way we speak of them, okay, of that quality. So I just want to say that I might sometimes say craving, sometimes demand, sometimes tanha. Sometimes push-pull, we're talking about the same aspect of experience. Um, And so contraction, dukkha, craving, sense of self arise together. Um, Today we're going to be looking more closely at contraction. So the contraction can appear um, in the body and it might be more grossly in the body So we can feel it more like as a gross physical sensation, as a more subtle physical sensation. Or we might feel it in in the kind of more subtle um, body, or sometimes we call this the energy body. So kind of the way we sense things, like when we say, I have a gut feeling. That's not quite what we would usually see as the physical body. 
but it's a, it's a way of knowing experience via the body. So we might also feel uh, the contraction on that level. Yeah, that it's kind of a, an energetic level of just this, doing this with my hands, because it's just like something getting smaller. Yeah, something getting smaller. Um, and we might also feel the contraction uh, in awareness. Yeah, so this is actually a little bit of a, of a kind of, um, like there's a relationship between physical body, subtle or energy body, and awareness. Yeah, it's kind of more subtle ways of, of uh, knowing our experience. Yeah. So you might also feel it in awareness. Yeah, the way, um, as we've said here, the awareness shrinks around the unpleasant. It gets smaller around the unpleasant. Yeah. But just generally, the way, you know, the awareness can also shrink when we get really excited about lunch. <laughs> so it's not just the unpleasant. Yeah. So you can just feel that, um, that movement in awareness of, of getting smaller, of getting more contracted. And so I'm, I'm, I keep kind of, like I, I'm, yeah, I speak with my body. You may have noticed this as well. <laughs> it's not just the words. Um, so I'm doing this with the body, but I really want to emphasize it's also the same in awareness. And for some of us, awareness will be, it'll be easier or more accessible to feel this in awareness. For some of us, it will be easier and more accessible to feel it in the body. Yeah, so that's, we have that, that um, possibility to, to, to find what's more accessible uh, for me. And so today, uh, what we're going to do with the practice, or what we're going to explore, is um, easing or relaxing the contraction. Yeah? Easing or relaxing the contraction as a way of reducing tanha and reducing dukkha. Yeah? So reducing the craving, the push-pull, reducing the um, ill-being in our experience, yeah, the contraction, the friction with experience. It can be really helpful uh, in doing this or before doing this, during the practice as we practice in this way, to, to kind of reflect. Yeah, when we get what we want, yeah, when we get what we want, or when we get rid of what we don't want, yeah? both those uh, situations, we find a sense of relief. Yeah? Ah, I got what I want, the bell's rung finally, <laughs> to end the meditation. Yeah, there's a sense of really, the bell is such a good example, there's such a felt sense of relief. Yeah? <sighs> yeah? So... I get what I want, which is also getting rid, in that case, of what I don't want, which is more <laughs> sitting still uh, with the body as it is right now, or with the mind as it is right now. Um, so there's a sense of relief, and that relief is a, sense of, is a type of happiness. Yeah? I might say, oh, I'm happy because the bell's finally rung. Yeah? That sense of relief. And we generally... Um, associate yeah, that relief or that happiness with the thing, with the fact that the bell has rung, meditation is over. Yeah. So we associate it with the thing. And we kind of miss yeah, that really more subtle but very important aspect of experience. Actually, <laughs> what's going on there 
yeah, is that the tanha, the craving, the demand has gone down. Yeah? Yeah? And that's where the relief is. Yeah? That's where the relief is. So what else has gone down with the tanha? The contraction. So if we can really perhaps imagine, I think it's a pretty good example. I, I would be highly doubtful if nobody's had this experience here, even to a minor degree of sitting here and, and really wanting the bell to ring, wanting the meditation to end. Um, if we reflect back on that experience, we can see that there would be some contraction in experience. Right? Can you see that? You feel that? And then if we think the moment the bell rings and there's the relief, yeah, what happens to the contraction? Yeah. Do you see it's gone? <laughs> it might come back really quickly. Yeah, in different ways. Yeah. But in that moment of release, relief, you know, even happiness. Yeah. Contraction um, is not there. Yeah, it's not there. So, as we've been saying, the happiness, yeah, or the dukkha, it's not in the object. Yeah, it's not in the object. And through practice, we can explore finding well being, finding relief, yeah, finding happiness by going directly to relieving tanha, craving, demand. How? Today, we're going to explore doing that through relaxing the contraction. Yeah, there's other ways. We'll touch on them, but today that's how we're going to do it. So going back to that um, process of the construction of experience that I spoke of yesterday, you know, the way dukkha is built up, yeah, the contact and the Vedana, then the tanha, the craving, the contraction that arises with that, and that kind of building up a sense of dukkha. And we can see that when we reflect on our experience in different ways. So we may be having a peaceful meditative experience. Might be sitting here and it's quite peaceful. And that would have a pleasant Vedana, right? There's a pleasant Vedana. And the pleasant Vedana, ah, that's nice. Yeah. Would build up to, ah, I really like this. Yeah. Yeah, I really like this. And then might build up to, ah, I really want it to last. Yeah. Yeah. I really kind of, I really want it to last. Yeah. I really, I, I've got it now. I hold on to it. Hold on to it. Do you see what's happening? Yeah, as that escalation builds, so does the contract, so does the contraction, and that kind of clenched fist that I was referring to. Yeah, and as we know uh, from our, our own experience, typically with that, the, the peacefulness will go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the contraction builds up. We're grasping onto it. The peacefulness will go. Same thing with uh, an unpleasant vedana. Yeah. So maybe there's a an unpleasant sound, you know. I don't know if you know 
this morning we could hear, I could hear at least the hiss of the, of the sound system in the morning sit. You know, I say, oh, that's an unpleasant sound. It's pretty quiet, so it's not that unpleasant, but, you know, depending on the aversion in the mind. <laughs> so there's the sound, an unpleasant, yeah. And then there's the sense of like, oh gosh, you know, why don't they turn it off? <laughs> I just can't, you know, this is really disturbing me. It's really getting in the way. This is why I can't have that peace that I had last night. Yeah. And again, the contraction builds yeah, with the clinging yeah, and the craving, the push-pull, the demand. Yeah. So we can see this, yeah, and it's important to see this with pleasant and unpleasant Vedanas, that process um, of the building up and how these things arise together. And it's not, um, I keep repeating this <laughs> because it is, you know, we hear it and it makes sense, but it's so counter, yeah, our habits of perceiving our experience that we need to hear it again and again and we need to see it in our own experience again and again and again, yeah, so that we can bring that insight then into into life over and over again into our practice. So as we've been practicing in different ways, we've been relaxing the contraction and the friction with experience. Yeah. Uh, and again, I, I mentioned it last night, through different ways of practice, through turning to the pleasant, opening to the unpleasant skillfully. Yeah, these are all ways of releasing, relaxing the contraction. Yeah, working with the Vedana lens. Uh, deepening metta. Yeah, with all of these, yeah, the contraction lessens. And part of why certain meditation yeah, technique uh, might feel more beneficial for you, yeah, more accessible for you, more the practice that you would choose to do, more appropriate, is because it does that you know, for you. Yeah. And that's part of why we have different techniques, because different techniques will work for different people at different times. And so all of these yeah, can ease contraction, lessen craving, yeah, and therefore lessen and release dukkha. And they do that by bringing a more open, expansive, uh, and responsive yeah, field yeah, into awareness. Creating a more open, responsive, expansive field from which we uh, meet experience and uh, respond to it and relate to it. So here's the one one liner to remember. Okay, it's relief. You don't have to listen to me after this. I will carry on talking, but you just need to remember this one. Yeah, craving is dukkha. Yeah. Or tanha is dukkha. Yeah. Push, pull, demand are dukkha. Yeah. And dukkha is contraction. Yeah. Dukkha is contraction. This is the one liner. Yeah. Craving is dukkha. Dukkha is contraction. And we can, um, you know, use it as a reminder. We can use it, if we like, as a koan, something we drop in and we see, okay, how is this true? How does it impact my experience? And we can understand this in in different ways. You know, we can see uh, the contraction in the body, yeah, or the contraction in in awareness uh, as an expression of dukkha, yeah. 
If there's contraction, there's dukkha. Yeah, we don't need to go looking for what dukkha it is, <laughs> yeah, what it is, it's about. We just can feel, see, relate to it as that. Yeah. And like at other times, for many of us, it would be more helpful to work with the body. Yeah, and as I said, it might be the more, uh, on the more gross physical sense of the body or in the more subtle sense of body uh, or awareness. Yeah? That's more accessible and less complex than thoughts or emotions yeah, that might um, also come with experiences of dukkha. Yeah? But just meeting it in the body or in the awareness and meeting particularly the contraction. Yeah. And if you're working with sound, um, you know, y- you can feel that contraction in awareness as well, right? There's a, uh, when there's dukkha, the, c- the, the, um, the, set, the field of awareness will get smaller. The space of awareness will get smaller. And, also seeing the other way, when craving goes down, yeah, field of awareness goes larger, yeah? expands, becomes more spacious. Yeah? So it goes both ways and it can be helpful for us to see that. And so we have that one-liner, you know, craving is dukkha, dukkha is contraction. And we can use this understanding as a way of practice, yeah? as a way of practicing. Dukkha, because of the contraction, yeah? a contraction is not a state of well-being yeah, for us. So dukkha because of the contraction. And again, that supports us in changing this habit, this pattern of seeing the dukkha or the adukkha, the non-dukkha, in the object. Yeah? We actually shift it and see, ah, no, it's in the contraction. Yeah? It's not in the sound. Yeah? It's not in the, in the food. Yeah? It's not in the length of the meditation. Yeah. It's actually in the contraction. So we can work directly uh, with dukkha through contraction yeah, and with the release of craving and therefore then the release of dukkha, the release of contraction altogether yeah, through releasing the contraction. And another way of saying that, we're easing our relationship to phenomena. We're easing our relationship to experience. We're putting less pressure on it, less demand on it. And so again, it doesn't matter what the dukkha is in relation to. So we don't need to fix the sound. We don't need to fix the length of the meditation. doesn't matter what it's arising in relation to, what we're working with is directly attending to contraction and craving. So it's quite radical uh, way of um, attending to our experience. We can also kind of incorporate here the insight, body and um, mind mirror each other, body and heart mind mirror each other. So um, as we relax uh, the craving, the tanha, yeah, we relax the body. Right? I've said this in other ways. As we relax the body or awareness, yeah, we relax that mental uh, grip of tanha, of demand, of craving.
So for many of us, uh, at least some of the time, we'll find relief from this way of practicing. Yeah, can feel, uh, can be some relief in it, a little relief, a lot of relief. And sometimes we might also find uh, that it doesn't seem to be working at all. You know, I'm inviting the body to relax. I'm inviting awareness to relax and open. Um, Dukkha's still there. Yeah, craving's still there. It's not working. Um, this goes back to what I said about deal making uh, a couple of days ago. Yeah, sometimes there's a, the reason it's not working is because aversion is creeping in, and aversion is a form of craving. Yeah, the pushing away. Yeah. So it becomes more okay. Um, what we're actually doing is um, we're saying, okay, I'm letting you go. I'm letting you go inviting the body to relax, a contraction will relax. But actually, it's like, shouldn't you be going already? <laughs> Unpleasantness, you know? Like a very sh- subtle shift. Yeah? And sometimes, you know, that, that's actually what's going on. And the shouldn't you be going already is actually keeping it, uh, keeping the, the dukkha there, yeah? keeping the craving there. And so it can be, uh, skillful to play with the language here, yeah, to, sk- to play with a, a internal um, stance. Yeah. So we would say instead of letting something go, letting it be. Yeah. It's a one word difference, but very big difference in the quality. Yeah. Letting you be. Yeah. Letting you be. You can go at your own time. I'm letting you be. And so we're getting a sense here that um, this kind of practice um, can benefit in in having this kind of uh, metta attitude in it. Not not necessarily the formal practice of metta, but an attitude of kindness, an attitude of allowing, which also helps uh, kind of soften contractedness in us. And so remembering, you know, this isn't about getting a, a perfect dukkha-less abiding, <laughs> yeah, as such. Yeah? It's about cultivating skillful ways of relating. So put too much pressure, too much uh, demand for something to go, it actually is not what we're trying to do. And so the meta-attitude can be really helpful um, there. And sometimes we'll say to that, you know, just a sense of welcoming things to arise, to be and to pass. I said it yesterday as well, in their own time. Yeah. Arise, to be and to pass, in their own time. So just a few words about how this works in practice and then we'll actually have a guided practice with it. Um, so really helpful to have uh, a sense of awareness that's both grounded and spacious. So it's not different to what we've been doing so far, yeah? But we're really going to emphasize it. So whatever way supports you to be grounded, yeah? Maybe, um, you know, the sense of contact areas, yeah, might be the contact of the body and the seat, the body and the ground. It might be the sense of contact um, of the hands in the lap, yeah? Or just a sense of hands might be helpful. 
So something that kind of is, is helping us root ground in the body and then at the same time having a, a wide awareness. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll kind of start with that groundedness and then we open out. So if we're working with uh, body awareness, it's a wide uh, space of awareness and it's really not limited to the physical body. Yeah, sometimes I think I did it at least once here. We go bigger than the body. Yeah. So it's not a, it's not a scientific <laughs> uh, way of seeing the body yeah. or anatomical. Yeah, it's, it's bigger than that a little bit. And if we're working with sound, um, we're opening yeah, to the soundscape. Yeah. So we're letting awareness open out to further sounds and then the, f- the sounds draw it uh, spacious and wide and open. And so, yeah, that's, that can really help as that's the basic of our basis of our practice, uh, the, the kind of wide, grounded sense of awareness, either with sound um, or in the body. And then we notice, yeah, and we might be working with um, then the, the same object of attention we've been working with through the days here. That might be breath, uh, body, sound, it might be the meta practice, maybe that's your primary practice that you're working with, yeah, and that's the object in attention, and we keep the awareness wide, and we're working with that, uh, with that object, that's where we kind of gather um, towards, yeah. And here's when it gets interesting. We're then curious and interested initially to see when dukkha arises. Yeah. See when dukkha arises. Um, so interestingly enough, distractions <laughs> become uh, quite helpful. Yeah. Quite helpful, because often with that movement of dist- distraction being pulled apart, yeah, there is a sense of dukkha to some degree. Yeah. And when we notice dukkha arising, we bring interest to that experience and we notice the presence of the craving and the clinging uh, that arises with it. How? Through the contraction, in the space of awareness, in the space of the body. And then we explore directly releasing that contraction. And we can do that in uh, a few ways. Uh, One way, which... I'm going to offer three different ones, and I'm also going to mention them in the guidance, but I just wanted to just mention them first. Um, one way is just opening our awareness again. Yeah? Because, remember, <laughs> dukkha, yeah, there'll be contraction. Yeah? So we're opening out the awareness again. Yeah? So we just do that, and we're noticing, we're noticing within that, ah, what happens to the sense of spaciousness? Is there any relief? Yeah. So that's one way mm-hmm. that we're already pretty familiar with, but we can become more familiar with. Another way is to just lightly bring in an intention of uh, letting go or letting be in relationship to this phenomena that is a distraction, perhaps, or that is dukkha. Yeah. So it might be a pattern of thinking. Um, it might be a fantasy. <laughs> Yeah, it might be the restlessness of waiting for the bell to ring. Yeah, it might be discomfort in the body. Yeah, we have loads of possibilities. Yeah, 
when we're bringing in this intention to let that be, to let be in relationship to whatever that phenomena is, as a way of relaxing that contraction of attention and awareness around it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And sometimes for some of us it will be helpful to use a very light label there or note there. Dukkha because of the contraction. Dukkha because of the contraction. So for some of us that can be really helpful. We kind of name it. Name it. It kind of makes the insight kind of uh, come forward. We might, uh, we might use that. And another way, the third way, is um, through not even kind of putting a lot of attention on the phenomena itself, yeah, what's causing the dukkha, what it is, but actually uh, bringing the attention, the awareness to the contraction and um, inviting the body to relax. Yeah, inviting awareness to relax. Yeah, relaxing the contraction through an invitation. It may relax a little bit. It may relax a lot. Yeah, and we're interested to notice just what impact that has. Yeah? So we're inviting. We're not pressurizing. Might relax a little bit. Might relax a lot. And again, we can do that through the breath, um, through the way we attend to sound. Um, or through just a sense of invitation, yeah. Letting it be, letting it be, letting it be. So, you know, these different ways, they're distinct and they're not distinct. <laughs> you may have kind of seen that, but I, I, I find it useful to kind of say, ah, there's three ways, yeah, just expanding the awareness, yeah, one way. Um, letting, uh, letting go, or letting be in relationship to the phenomena, yeah through seeing this dukkha because of the contraction. Yeah, that's the second way. And the third is inviting uh, relaxation of the contraction in the body or in awareness. Yeah. Um, just through inviting relaxation, inviting relaxation. And the reason I find it helpful to have them uh, kind of presented in this distinct way is, again, because different people at different times, you may find one is just more accessible and if it is that's wonderful <laughs> yeah that's more than enough yeah we don't need to get all three or all the ways that we're practicing we just need to find something that is that works for us yeah or that's the exploration anyway we also don't need to do that might be that this isn't your practice at all that's also fine plenty of others yeah we're just finding okay what what works for me. Okay, that's it. That's it for the first talking bit. So we're going to have a meditation together. So if you um, want to set, uh, stand up or change posture, stretch any part of the body. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.